Hey everybody, I just want to take a moment to talk about a new thing I'm doing. Over the years, many of you have reached out to me telling me how much you love the podcast, but also wish there were more personalized takeaways and more in-depth interactions with our guests to hear what they think about comedy. This is why I'm now launching my new digital academy, Blueprint for Success. With exclusive interviews and comedy philosophies of stars and industry veterans, personalized versions of the Industry Standard podcast, commercial-free, and one-on-one coaching time with me. Blueprint for Success will give you the powerful tools that will take you up the elevator beyond the competition and reach the highest possible levels to achieve your dreams. Whether it be stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing, hosting, radio podcasting, social media influencing, or even if you want a career behind the scenes as a manager or an agent. Now I'm here to help, personally. We'll go on an express train of comedy and entertainment like nobody else has before. You can find out more about Blueprint for Success and the comedy business on my website at barrycats.com. Together, we'll take your career where you want it to go. I think that a great comedy, either film or show or comedian, demands a skill just like a Meryl Streep does. And on top of it, all the comedians write their own materials. You know, they don't read somebody's script or somebody's song or somebody's lyrics. So yeah, it's harder and therefore In my book, I love comics so much more and appreciate them so much more because it takes so much more to be a really good comic. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Industry Standard with me, Barry Katz. I am in New York City. I am here because the National Retail Federation flew me in. It's the largest trade show for retail in the world. And I have had a chance to interview so many great people, including today, which was such an amazing day. I interviewed Rebecca Minkoff, an incredible groundbreaking designer, as well as equal to the task, Nikki Hilton Rothschild. And I tell you, it was really, really inspiring. Then I went down to the world famous comedy cellar and interviewed my guest today, the booker of the comedy cellar and the matriarch of so many of their rooms here in Manhattan and Las Vegas, Esti Adoram. And you are about to hear something that's really, really special. And then we had brunch and we sat around at her table, which is famous. If you know anything about that table and the people who have sat there, It was incredible to be a part of uh, some great young comics, some great established comics, just a wonderful, eclectic group of people that was there today, from Ryan Hamilton 
to Dean Del Rey, to Ari Shafir, to Aziz Ansari, Hassan Minaj, to Jeffrey Ross. It was really special. And you're going to hear a part of it that I know you're going to really, really love with Esty. A live from the Olive Tree Cafe, which is above the Comedy Cellar, with all the ambient noise that comes along with it. I wanted it to be authentic, and I know you'll know that it is and feel that it is. And as always, if you want to reach me, you can do so at Barry Katz at Instagram or Twitter or at BarryKatz.com, and I will be glad to answer any of your questions. All right, and without further ado, let me introduce our guest today. Esti Adaram has been the booker of the Comedy Cellar for more than three decades. The Comedy Cellar is one of the greatest comedy clubs in the world, located in Manhattan on McDougal Street in world-famous Greenwich Village, a block from Washington Square Park, where many top New York comedians perform. It was founded in 1982 by then stand-up comedian and current television writer-producer Bill Grunfest. Above the club is the famous restaurant, the Olive Tree Cafe, featured in the movie Comedian and many others with Jerry Seinfeld, to which it is connected, where many of the comedians hang out after performing. The Comedy Cellar, like the Comedy Store in Los Angeles, uses a showcase format as opposed to headline format like most clubs, which all shows consist of favored nations comedians doing the time and making the same amount of money, performing roughly 10 to 20 minute sets depending on the given night. Esty has been overseeing the Comedy Cellar for all of this time. And in the past few years, there are other two offshoots in Manhattan right around the corner, the Village Underground and the Fat Black Pussycat, as well as the new Comedy Cellar in Las Vegas at the Rio. These clubs are in rarefied air, as on any given weekend, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. These establishments total 25 comedy shows almost always sold out and turning people away with relatively no publicity and no advert and no advertising just word of mouth from the people who go there that see not only the regular comedians who might not be known yet but the huge huge comedians that are like Colin Quinn Seinfeld John Stewart Artie Lang Dave Chappelle, Mark Maron, just to name a few. Throughout all her time as the head booker of the Comedy Cellar, Esty has never wavered in her opinion of comedy, her love of the craft, and her relationships with some of the greatest comedians of our generation, including the late Greg Giraldo, Ray Romano, and the late Robin Williams. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my guest today from the world-famous Comedy Cellar and Olive Tree Restaurant, a woman who I've known for over 30 years, who I have the deepest affection for and has had a massive influence on my career and my life 
from when I was in New York City all the way to Los Angeles. Please welcome my guest today, Esti Adaram. Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying this episode as much as I am. If you made it this far and you haven't fallen asleep yet, then you must be the type of person who's serious about having a career in the comedy business. That's why I'm offering you my Blueprint for Success, a one-of-a-kind all-access pass into my knowledge and experience after over 40 years of working with the best of the best in this crazy entertainment industry. I'll tell you all the stories, all the philosophies, give you all the great special guests, and even give you one-on-one -on -one private consultations to help you expand, enhance, and skyrocket your comedy career. Just go to barrycats.com and click on Blueprint for Success to learn more about my groundbreaking digital academy that I've created just for you. With it, we can take your career so far that one day, instead of listening to this podcast, you'll be interviewed on it. Hi, thank you. I can't believe I got you to sit down with me. You don't sit down with anybody. How come? I, uh, at some point, I, I uh, stopped liking interviews. I used to enjoy it much more. You're a huge, huge part of my life and how I started in the business and how I perceived was the best way to figure out how to make it work. By the way, we are at the world famous Olive Tree Cafe. They have brunch on Sundays, which is amazing. That's why it's talking in the background. I never do a podcast anywhere that's talking in the background, but you know what? This place is a part of my history and this place is legendary and downstairs is the comedy cellar and around the corner now on west earth mm -hmm. we have two new comedy rooms the village underground and the fat black pussycat God. and all three rooms operate at the same time wow what was the second choice for the fat black pussycat what was the second name that no it was the bar and that was the name of our bar and we just left it. We didn't choose a new name. So this place is so busy that you have overflow that goes to yes. those rooms. Yes. And I still don't have enough spots for all the comics that I do want to use. We have now on Friday and Saturday each night 10 shows. 10 Very, shows. Ten. Do you remember years and years ago during the week if we had two shows? That went on till 2, 3 a.m. Do you remember that? Yes. Okay. Well, now Friday, 10 shows. Saturday, 10 shows. Sunday, 5 shows. Monday, 3 shows. Wednesday, Thursday, 5 shows. I mean, we are busy. We have wonderful shows. We have wonderful comics. And it's been a while since so you were here. Things have changed. Yes, I come here probably once every three months, as you know, I sort of pop in and pop out. Yeah, well, no, we, we've been active that, this way now for, for a couple of years. All right, so let's take Saturday night. Yes. Okay? Yes. You do 10 shows. Yes. Okay, so if you can, off the top of your head, mm -hmm. the room downstairs, when it's jammed, holds about 120. Mm -hmm. The other rooms hold it's what? It's bigger. 
It's bigger. I I don't really know the numbers around the corner exactly, uh-huh. but it's bigger than this one, of course. And the Fat Black is a lounge. It's it's only maybe 80 people. And the Village Underground, it's it's a big room. It's a showroom. Let's pretend that room's 250 people, let's just say. Okay. So we got about 330, 350, you got here, let's say. So you might be 450 people total if the three shows were sold out there, but you got 10 shows. I have 10 shows. I have four shows here in the original room. I have four shows in the Village Underground, and I have two shows in the Fell Black. So you're doing about 2,000 people on a Saturday night and 2,000 on a Friday night and during the week. So it's quite possible that this comedy club, the Comedy Cellar, which if you go downstairs and you were to walk through, Henny Youngman used to have an old joke. He used to say, my hotel room is so small that when I put the key in the door, I break the window. The Comedy Cellar, literally, I take a step in, I'm on stage. And so, this little, original, unique space, it could be argued that you do 7,000 people a week. Barry, I can't do math at this hour. But yeah, if you break it down that way, I don't know. Literally, concert comedians aren't doing that kind of business. Well, uh, let, look, the form of the shows is the same as you remember in the beginning, which is a showcase shows. Everybody's equal. Everybody does, you know. Um, the comics are mostly interested in uh, audiences. They want to have, you know what I mean? It's not money, not food. No. So if we are busy, we draw the good comics and the big names. And because we draw those good comics and the big names, people come. So it's like uh, encouraging each other, you know what I mean? What's always fascinated me about the rise of this club, and this comedy club, in my mind, is the equivalent of Jerry Seinfeld and Chris Rock. It just keeps growing and growing and growing. And just when you think, oh, they're having a downtime here, then it's like you look over and Seinfeld's at the Coliseum in (laughs) Vegas for a residency, and you're like, oh, my God. Barry, we have a comedy cellar in Las Vegas now, too. (laughs) Did you know that? Well, I thought it closed down for a little bit, and then it came back. When we opened in a couple of months, things were not uh, uh, said that they were supposed to, so we closed for a couple of months, but we're open now. Uh, since uh, I think June was opened and, and how's that going? Doing well, doing well. And that's a competitive market there. It's completely different than here. Let's put it this way. But we're learning. Now the thing about sitting across from you, which our audience can't see right now, is you're the kind of person who's a paradox. You're calm you're humble yet I feel like I know you a little bit better than that and you have a killer inside you and you know how to run things with an iron fist people respect you they love you 
but many comics walk on eggshells as they're coming up through the ranks because they want to be somebody who because, you love. Because they want to work here. Yes. It, it, it has nothing really to do specifically with me. It's whoever is in my position that um, controls that, you know what I mean? Um, since I'm the booker, they want to they wanna get on they want them to like me or me like them rather um, but that, that would have been anybody else you know I've been here for a long time Barry we are going really really back and um, people that I work with we have a very respectful nice affectionate relationship people that don't work here don't like me but that's that's an obvious uh, conclusion of my job everybody has the story of somebody who they thought that they just didn't use or didn't want to work but they were respectful about it but then there's how the person is on the other side and they feel disrespected and they feel like they should have worked here is there anybody in your career where you look back and you said, you know what, I miss that one. To be very truthful with you, no. Only because in a comic career, there are different stages. And it's quite possible that we met at a different stage. Um, some of them are getting better, some of them sort of give up. Uh, it's not my job. My job is to see how a comic does in a room, how entertaining they are, how the audiences accept them and like them. It's not my, they don't work, it's not my personal liking. I might not like somebody, but they're doing really well and they're respect, respected comic, I'm going to use them. Um, there are some people that are, I mean, most people that I do, you know me, I like most comics. I really do. By now, it's my, uh, uh, my taste is like all over the place. I like political, I like the, uh, goofy, I like silly, intellectual. I mean, it, it, there is room for everybody. That's what makes a good show, when you mix it up like that. So if I look back, I can, maybe I'm not remembering this moment, but I can't think of anybody that's saying, oh boy, you know? I really don't. In my career, when I started, I was a stand-up comedian a long time ago in Boston. And there was a guy that was working with me, the open mics, and he would wear a trench coat and he had this scruffy beard and he would play the harmonica and he would do the blues news. And there was a guy named Jimmy Tingle, who's a political... I know Jimmy Tingle very well. Who's a tremendous political comedian and sells out theaters in the New England area whenever he wants. You know, he used to be on the six... There was a version of 60 Minutes that he was like an Rooney. But I don't know why this didn't last. But I know him well. He used to work here. And so when I started with him, 
it was embarrassing. It was horrible, and I thought to myself, "What was embarrassing?" He was bombing with a trench coat, doing the blue. He、yeah. wasn't doing what he does now. And I remember that switch, that one day where he got rid of the trench coat, got rid of the harmonica, and just went up and did stand up. And I'll never forget the first joke I saw him do. He said, "I read in the New York Times, everybody." That our country just spent six billion dollars for the stealth bomber, a plane that will not show up on radar. Why don't we just pay Noriega a million dollars? His planes haven't shown up on radar for over twenty years. And this huge round of applause, and I could see the look on his face. I do remember the joke. He he would continue, I think, and say, "Let's just tell them that we have the plane. We don't have to spend the money." That's <laughs> no right. Let's tell them that we have the plane. That's right. I remember、yeah. the second joke he did. This is how what a savant I yeah, am. Yeah, I remember、too. that. This is the second joke. He said, "Then I turn on the television. I'm watching NBC, my national news, and the anchor man proceeds to tell the country where our nuclear weapons are." Gee, you think the Russians get Channel Four? <laughs> yeah. And he was killed. And so, what I'm trying to say is that I saw the evolution of somebody who, if Jimmy were sitting here, he would admit was horrible. And then, so I wanted to ask you: Can you name an instance where you saw somebody who, if the comic were sitting here, they would agree with you? I was terrible, Esty, but you kept giving me a shot to go on stage, and then I finally found my way. Who's somebody、there's、like a, that? There's a lot of people like that. There is more than you that that you may think、um, that when they start, you can hear the the base, the 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 seed of a comedic mind and intelligence and thinking on the feet, you know. And then with the work, with the opportunity, they do develop. And they are monster comics now.、Um, so if you get to see somebody and recognize it,、um, it, it 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 happens. It really does. I remember when. Listen, Chappelle, of course, your boy. He is actually not a good example because the very first time I saw him, he was 18 years old. He sat on the boot over there. And、uh, Kami came to me. He says, "Do you know this guy? I saw him in D.C. You've got to take a look at him. He was 18, 19, and it was 3 a.m. He was eating by the jukebox over there. And I said, 'Would you mind going up for me? Because the person that recommended him never recommended anybody before. So it got me really curious. He went on and and did a set." And it was 3 a.m. Barry. I called Manny. May he rest in peace. Manny was the owner. The of owner of the comedy cellar, and, and he I, was a great man. And I just said, I, I, I told him. I said, listen, I just saw somebody that blew my mind. But he is an exception. But, but some. What I'm trying to say that the really good ones, you can recognize it in the beginning. You know what I mean?、Mm-hmm. And、uh, I mean, he, he of course, and there, there's so many, and 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 most of the comics they start from a certain level, they start going up, 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 they may go down again, 
whether it's um, a lack of confidence or um, the writing is not what it, whatever it is it's not always climbing up but there is a definite there are comics that that were okay and now they're just amazing you know and so if I have that and then I have somebody that is really pedestrian you know who I'm gonna book so that, that pedestrian is not gonna like me the other one's gonna love me I'm going to say, oh, you gave me the opportunity. But that's what I need to do. Hey, everybody. Let me remind you one more time about my new blueprint for success. It's a project I've spent months and months working on just to help you jumpstart your comedy career and beat the competition. Whether you want to do stand-up, sketch, improv, acting, writing, producing, directing, radio, social media influencing, or even if you want a career behind the scenes as a manager or agent, Blueprint for Success will give you all the tools you need to take your career to the highest levels. With exclusive interviews, my top 50 commercial-free episodes from Industry Standard, one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, and unprecedented access into my knowledge and experience from over 40 years in this crazy business, I guarantee you that with Blueprint for Success, you'll become the creator you've always dreamed of becoming. No one's asking me to do this. I want to do it because I want to help you become truly undeniable. So just go to barrycats.com, click on Blueprint for Success, and start your incredible journey today. I truly can't wait to work with you to help you change the trajectory of your comedy career forever. Hey everybody, I've talked a lot about AquaTrue on this show, the amazing water purification system that's literally a miniature water cooler in your home that purifies the water in a way that no one else has ever figured out how to do. It's this incredibly efficient piece of equipment and it gives you the best tasting water you can ever imagine for pennies. You just take it out of the box, plug it in, put your tap water in it, and it takes out all the bad chemicals and gives you the best and healthiest water you can ever imagine, saving you thousands of dollars each year from buying bottled water in the store. I have one at my house and office, and everyone who uses it orders one, and you should too. Just go to industrystandardwater.com and type in the promo code Barry, and if you act now, you can get $100 off and start enjoying the best and most cost-effective water you've ever had, and never waste another dollar buying bottled water again. I just want to share another groundbreaking product with you. It's a revolutionary air purifier that will change the way your home operates. And I'm talking about the Air Doctor. The air inside our home can be up to a hundred times more polluted than the air outside. But with the Air Doctor, you don't have to worry about it as it removes dust, pet hair, mold, pollen, flu viruses and so many other contaminants that circulate throughout our homes. Till now, the only thing that could come close to this product were systems that cost thousands of dollars. But now you can get the Air Doctor for a fraction of the cost, normally $600. And if you don't believe me, check Amazon. But for a limited time, I can give you 50% off and save you $300. 
Just go to airdoctorpro.com, type in the promo code Barry, and get rid of all the bad toxins in your home. I'm telling you, I have this product. It really, really works. So get one now and start breathing the cleanest and healthiest air you can ever imagine. One of the things that I feel that you stay away from, which I think makes you so successful, is I've never in my entire life seen you give advice no. to an artist. No, I don't. It's not my job. They have managers and agents to do that. If the relationship turns to be super friendly and close, I may behind the kind the curtain whisper something. But that's not my job, really. I, I, and who am I to tell somebody what to do or not? You're the artist. You're the creator. I, it's not my job. I might like one thing more than other, but I would never, ever say, hey, you don't have what it, get, what it takes, or this is not good, or that is not good. No. I have an option of either booking you or not. But if I if I am your manager, then I'll sit down and say, listen, this is not the right material for you. This is not your personality. This is not the rah, rah, rah. You know what I mean? Um, but it's really not my job. And I that's why you've never seen me do it. I've never done it in all the years that I've been doing this. I can go the other way. I said, oh, you know what? This set was amazing. I've never heard you talk about blah, 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 blah. And, and you know, the positive uh, aspect of it. This I'm not going to shy from. I said, oh, my God, you are so funny. You are so hilarious. This I'll do. I, I don't do the other, the other end of it. That's not my job. One of the things that I'll say bothers me, and I'm not a bothered person. I don't get angry. I'm not frustrated about things. As you know, I'm a pretty positive person. I look at the comedy profession, and it's hotter than it's ever been in the scheme of live performance and tickets and people coming to shows. Like you said, 10 shows on a Friday, 10 on a Saturday at the Comedy Cellar arguably a place that if you were to mention the comedy seller to anybody in Peoria, Illinois, they'd say, what are you talking about? What's the comedy seller? And it's world famous, but it has its niche. And comedy, I think what gets me the most is that there's so few comedians in my mind doing the right thing from start of the first word of the set to the last word of the set. In other words, the kind of comedy that you and I know is extraordinary. Like, the first time you saw Jim Jeffries come in here and do the gun control bit, you probably were like, I've been here 25 years at this point and I've never seen anybody do 10 minutes on gun control 
and he kills. Barry, that's not the reality I I know or I see. Here, you just saw... Hassan Minaj. He is a very political guy. He is very um, up on... He's not doing uh, uh, frivolous material. You have Michelle Wolf working here. Not frivolous. I mean, I can go up and down the lineup if I pull out the lineup. They're not frivolous. However, however, cannot be that stuck up. There are comics that, that talk about everyday life and how you put your clothes on and you just put it in a manner that is hilariously funny. And people come here as an audience to laugh, not to be lectured, not to be uh, um, um, confronted with issues if they don't want to. But if I have six comics on a show, I'm going to try to mix it up with somebody like this, somebody like that, some, you know what I mean? Um, I think this is the important thing of building a good, enjoyable show. You can have, you can have uh, comics that are substantial and, and, and uh, political and motivated. And, but if you're going to put six people on the show with this kind of a comedy, you, are going, you have a soapbox. You don't have a comedy show. So um, I don't get upset because I feel that there's room for every type of comedy. There's not only the room, but there's a need for this kind of comedy. You know, uh, if you and I gonna go and see a, a show, you'll we don't necessarily gonna enjoy the same people. And so, um, although it's valid what you're saying, it's not the only thing that is a consideration of which comics we're going to use or not. You know what I mean? Uh, I can use a musical comedy. There's nothing wrong with that. You're speaking right now as Esty the Booker, who's servicing the needs of the audience. Okay. I'm asking Esty the person who knows who the geniuses are and knows who the people who aren't geniuses are. But Barry, this is not, not everybody would judge the same individual the same way. That's true. And so that's what I'm trying. It's not just the audiences, but in the, in the show or in the world of comedy. Look, actors, yeah? In films. Yes. You're gonna respect a dramatic actor, but you can also or should uh, respect a comedic actor. The skill is is as important. So to be a comedy um, critic or, or or a comedy, what is the word I'm looking here? Um, it just, you can say, yeah, so-and-so is a genius and he talks about issues that are important and he makes it funny and he, good. But he also needs to be an entertainer. That's true. You cannot be a comedy snob. I am not a comedy snob. 
If you are counted, counted snap and that you say, because he talks about gun control, he is brilliant. And this guy talks about dirty laundry, he's not. The skill of comedy to make you laugh and make you appreciate things is equal, although the material is not. Interesting. That's really interesting. I really appreciate you saying that to me because sometimes I... You some, cannot be hanged up on only highbrow comedy. Because as you know, I spend a great part of my career booking comedy. I know. I had the same philosophy as you, and I would have comedians who were more brilliant and highbrow get mad at me because I would put a guy on a show who did props or one that did music, and they would get mad at me, like, why are you booking that person? Because the audience loves them, and they're killing. And so that's why I booked them. It's also, let's not lose the, the <laughs> entertainment factor. As a comedy is an art form, is part of the entertainment world. You, it, it just you cannot say, you know, when they give out the Oscars, comedies very rarely win. Is it a lesser art form than a drama? The last comedy Academy Award was Whoopi Goldberg, I believe, for Ghost. But but, but I, I, that's exactly what I'm saying, and I disagree with this. I think that a great comedy, either film or show or comedian, demands a, 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 a skill just like a Meryl Streep does. Every acting coach and every acting guru will tell you that comedy is much harder than drama. Absolutely. And, and on top of it, all the comedians write their own materials. If there is a heckler, they, they have the skill of thinking on their feet really, really quick. You know, they don't read somebody's script or somebody's song or somebody's lyrics. So, yeah, it's harder. And therefore, in my book, I love comics so much more and appreciate them so much more because it takes so much more to be a really good comic much more than a, than a, a, any other form of entertainment. A good comedian can be a great actor. Yes. A great actor, not necessarily can be a good comedian, and we know that. So, so the comics have the, the, the leg up on that. Tell me what your philosophy is. I just told you everything I know. When you're, <laughs> <laughs> when you're in the room, and you see a comedian go on, they might be an established comedian, and you see them do a routine that you know is another comedian's routine. Oh boy. How do you handle that as a businesswoman? Okay, I'm gonna address it, but I have to admit to you, I know rumors about this one or that one or whatever. I don't see this very often, I really don't. However, there are certain um, subjects that we all, we go, you say about taxis, let's say. We all take taxis. So there is an observation ta about taxi and taxi drivers, right? It could happen that your observation and my observation is the same. It doesn't mean I stole from you. You know what I mean? So I am very 
um, I, I'm not going to go and confront. Again, it's not my job. And if I, as I said, throughout the years, the certain people are getting a reputation of doing it. But it's not as much as you think that they do. It's not. Some of them do, yes. Some of them it's a coincidence of facts of life. Um, I would stay in I said, oh my God, this joke is so familiar. Why, where did I hear it? Where? And it, it, it's my, the Rolodex in my head is starting flipping, you know? But uh, it's not as common, or I did not see it as common. Some people get the reputation. Sometimes it's not even what you do, but your reputation. And if somebody came up with a reputation that you are a joke stealer, and then you, the other person has to go and jump through hoops and loops and what have you to prove that they didn't. Um, as I said, if I've seen it or heard it, it's not as many or as much as you as people think. And that wraps up part one of our podcast. I just wanted to thank my incredible partners, starting with Aquatrue, the revolutionary miniature countertop water purification system that works straight out of the box. Plug it in, fill it with tap water, and immediately turn your faucet into your favorite bottled water for pennies. You can get $100 off when you go to industrystandardwater.com and just type in the promo code BEAR and start enjoying the best water you've ever had and never buy another bottle of water again. And I Killed JFK, the groundbreaking film about the only living person who admitted to killing Kennedy. Go to IKillJFK.com, buy the film and the rare interviews with five of the last living experts, and I guarantee it'll change your mind about what happened that day. And the Air Doctor, the innovative portable air purification system which will change your overall quality of life. It instantly removes dust, pet hair, mold, pollen, flu viruses, and other contaminants circulating in your home. Normally $600, and if you don't believe me, check Amazon right now. But for a limited time, I can offer you 50% off. That's a $300 savings. Just go to airdoctorpro.com, type in the promo code Barry, and start breathing the cleanest and healthiest air in the world. And that wraps up part one of two episodes. You can check out the next episode this coming Thursday. And here's a preview of the next episode. If you want to work here, you've got to be a comedian. Uh, if you have a TV show, it's fantastic. It gives the, the customer downstairs a big thrill to see a star. But the bottom line is, is to be a comedian. And if you're young, write, write, write. Work on your performance. Work on your charisma. Work on your energy. I mean, we can count low-energy comics that are very successful on one hand. Thank you so much for listening, and have a great day. As always, this has been Industry Standard with me, Barry Katz. And if you like the show, tell all your friends. And if you don't like the show, tell all your friends. You get out!
Mexico All the people love you Cause you're going for Life is for the dreamers They have all to gain It's never quite over Till it all feels the same You pick your own poison Dig your own grave Down in the valley A fortune Thank you for listening to Industry Standard with Barry Katz. If you'd like more info on our schedule of new episodes or how to reach Barry through Twitter, Facebook, or email, go to BarryKatz.com. Before you leave, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast. Leave a comment and rate it, even if you think it blows. Thank you for your support and have a great day.